I, I know how to start this, by the way. Okay, welcome to the Mess Mafia podcast, where we're going to talk about uh, injuries and uh, who's had them and who wants them. And I'm just um, The reason we started off this way is Mark and I were talking a couple, a couple months ago, I think. If you look at the record board at MesserFit um, uh, Strength and Conditioning, I think 97% of the people on the record board all have metal in their body from an injury. That's I think there's only, yeah, there's only one person that doesn't have metal. So basically, if you want to train and be a champion, you have to have metal in your body <laughs> at some point. So seems like a different definition to a raw lifter, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we're yeah. not raw anymore because we have metal. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I actually, uh, uh, Mark and I are injury buddies as we both witnessed <laughs> our, our total complete meltdowns. Yeah. I actually <laughs> laid Lee down and onto the floor yes. after he fell into my arms. Yes. That was good. Yes. I, I passed out during mine. I think, uh, Mark stayed conscious throughout his whole injury. Yeah. Got a concussion though. That was good. Yeah. 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 And EMT kicked him thinking he was kidding. <laughs> Just get up, Mark. <laughs> Just get up, Mark. All right. Go ahead and tell your story, Mark. Um, okay, so so 2013, I was um, I was snatching and uh, something I had hit multiple times. I was feeling really weird that day, though. Um, I'd been doing. I just come off a Smolov block. Smolov. Yeah, for squatting. Um, and when they say don't do anything but Smolov, uh, don't do anything but Smolov. Um, a side note to that, I did Smolov like one time for the bench, and it's the I tore my tricep. But yes, <laughs> yes. There's yes. nothing else that you can focus on except doing that program. Um, and even if you're doing that program, if you screw up your recovery in any way, you're you're gonna jack yourself up. So anyway, I came off. I put on like 50 pounds on my squat. Um, I got, I mean, for me, that's that's a lot relative to my overall strength. So um, I was. Uh, I wasn't really moving very well. And as I was standing up out of my, I'd missed the, I'd missed like, I think it was 245 in the snatch, like, like six times. And I was standing up, um, out of my, my last rep and my hip dislocated and the, the head of the femur broke off the posterior side of the acetabulum and then shot into my glute. It was awesome. Um, so I had to have a full reconstructive surgery there. Uh, got three plates and six screws in my hip. Um, <clears throat> had to shave a little bit of my hamstring, shorten that up. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a relatively, I, I was off. I, I didn't go, I didn't go back to work for about a year, like full-time work for a year. So, um, it was relatively, uh, intensive. Um, and then, yeah. What about you, Lee? Uh, training for the uh, world championships in Oregon. Uh, warming up. Mark was there. We warmed up. Uh, my last warm up before I had to was put my uh, uh, wraps on. Um, I think it was like six six fifty six fifty or something on the squat. Yeah. Warm it up. Went you know good depth. Everything was great. The next lift. Next warm up lift. Uh, went down, uh, passed out. Don't uh, don't remember how I got to the ground. He did but, this. Ah! Yeah, and then uh, woke up with uh, Mark. Mark had a cold washcloth on my forehead and was telling me it was going to be okay. Um, actually, it was a whole bunch of paramedics, but but uh, 
Uh, I actually split my pelvis in half. It broke. That's already in half, but it stretched and broke the ligament in the middle there. The uh, yes, um, and so I was in a lot of pain. Couldn't walk right away. They got got carried out. Um, surgery was like a six-hour, seven-hour surgery. Uh, I remember the uh, surgeon like eating nachos off me, <laughs> like he had his nachos on me. They took a lunch break, and yeah, it was uh, like he's fine. He was fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I split my pelvis open squatting at the uh, warming up for the world championships uh, of all the times to take a flight and go out. Yeah, all the way up to Oregon to, to yeah. get injured. Yeah, and he, a word of the wise: if you're ever using a monolift and your monolift number hasn't changed for, I don't know, 10 years, and then all of a sudden your your lifter is asking you to drop the monolift um, two inches to for his liftoff, just quit lifting. There's something going on. Something and wrong. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty much, you're bound to get injured at that point. There, there's, something, there's something not right. Um, so, yeah. What about you, Nate? Um, Nate's just always injured. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always hurt, never injured. Right? Yeah. It's uh, no, no metal. I think the worst I've had is uh, torn meniscus, uh, opted out of surgery on, and uh, you know a uh, nappy well, yeah, hamstring, yeah. the popped hamstring. Yeah. So that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. I didn't even know fat guys had hamstrings until <laughs> I opted not to warm. To be fair, Mark did warm me and tell me there was a dynamic hamstring warm up. Yes. However, I was running late that morning. I literally, I literally posted, "Do not do this workout unless you do this warm up." <laughs> what does Nate do? <clears throat> but whatever. There's a lot of a lot of anecdotal stuff going on. I, I think we're we're talking about the breaking forward, and that is that what your injuries teach you about training and and how to get better. Uh, but I do got to tell one part of the story about Mark's injury. Uh, I got to call Jenny. I got to be the one to call Jenny. And so I did the classic, like, like I got I got good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? Yeah. And she's like, what's the good news? I was like, Mark's not dead. <laughs> and she's like, what's the bad news? I was, I was like, well, they're going to put his leg back in like a G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly right. And then it, it only took two weeks for Lee to start uh, – making fun of me that I would I'd be walking at about the same time as my newborn daughter <laughs> so that was that was good stuff I, I think I won the joke of the year because I, I told Mark I said I said the good news is Mark is you and Anna can learn how to walk walk at the same time yeah yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I, as far as with, with my injury I mean um it was relatively catastrophic uh I mean if you think about your hip just exploding and and that being your your main joint for basically all of the movements that you, that you use in your training. So I remember, uh, so I'm in the hospital and I'm like, so am I ever going to be able to, I was talking to the, the orthopedic surgeon. Um, I'm like, am I ever going to be able to like squat below parallel again? And he's like, I wouldn't advise it. And, um, I remember literally laying there all morphine drugged up and thinking I'm going to be the best power clean and power snatch person in the world. So like, um, legit, my mindset at that point was, was not on what I wasn't going to be able to do. My mindset was, what am I going to be the best at I humanly possibly can be, um, given my, my, my situation. Um, so, um, from there after the surgery, it was, it was, uh, I basically had um, two weeks of, of me 
like letting my, my wound heal. And then I was back, um, back. So I was, I was non, non weight bearing for three months. So I was back at the gym, um, high on morphine and, uh, Oxycontin. And I was doing the, uh, the assault bike to kind of reduce, um, some inflammation and, and stuff like that. And, uh, I remember just pedaling on the assault bike at, I mean, it would have been like 50, 50 Watts and my heart rate was 170. But, uh, I did that for, I did that for a couple weeks and until I came off the morphine and then, and then as soon as I could, uh, three months later, as soon as I got the clear, um, I got back to rehabbing. I did all the rehab myself. Um, I got an, uh, an evaluation by, uh, um, Mrs. Duncan over at, uh, the water or the, uh, Middletown hospital. She's a PT. But after that, I just, I just went off, uh, on my own and rehabbed myself. The, I think the biggest thing that I noticed was you can, a- after you get the clear, you can't be afraid of pain. Um, you, you have to push yourself into pain thresholds that are, that are super uncomfortable Um, but you have to attack them almost on a daily basis. There was a lot of soft tissue work that I needed to do, but as far as mindset, um, where I was at was I, I'm going to be, um, the best at the, the, the given range of motion, um, that I was, that I was basically the cards that I was dealt. Um, and it turned out that, um, within six months, so my, my recovery was, supposedly supposed to be 18 months full recovery. And I competed at the Arnold classic six months later. Um, so it was, I, I rehab for about three hours a day, um, for as soon as I was able to and, um, soft tissue work, um, massage, all that stuff to, to try and get back at it. And, uh, I was able to regain full range of motion um, in my hip. And, uh, I was sending my surgeon videos of me snatching, cleaning, jerking, and all that stuff, uh, the entire time. So that was kind of fun, but it, it really just comes down to mindset. You can't, you can't, um, you, you can't let a, a, a situation like that derail your, uh, your overall position or, uh, who knows where you'll end up. Um, you definitely won't end up back to, uh, as strong or stronger than you were before. And the other thing was I was able to take that and realize what I was doing wrong, um, to have that injury, which was, uh, I wasn't listening to my body. Like I was, I had it band tendonitis, my, my knees were jacked up. Um, and I was just pushing through the pain, like no pain, no gain type things. And it was, and it would have been a lot smarter if I would have understood my body was saying, Hey, take a break. You need to, you need to back off on these movement patterns. You need to do uh, accessory work. Um, you might not want to squat every freaking day. Um, and really, <laughs> yeah, Nate. Uh, yeah. Lo- uh, looking, lo- looking, looking back, like you start to analyze what, what went wrong and, and how do you, how do you program in a more holistic way going forward based on your, your needs and your goals? So super important in that regard. Well, so, you know, go ahead, Nate. No, I was going to say, so your body's always talking, right? You just got to yeah. be willing to listen. Yeah, for sure. And usually if there's pain, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah.
So you were talking about... Well, right. So we were talking about Alexiev. And uh, the idea was that he, he credited his, his injuries uh, with, with his success because had he never gotten injured catastrophically, he would have kept his training the same. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't have changed anything, and therefore it would have limited his... But instead, when he got injured, like you had talked about, when he got injured, he looked at himself uh, more introspectively, so he began to look at you know, his mobility, his conditioning, his eating, things like, you know, why did I get injured? But in that, he learned all the details, the finer details. We, we talk about this lifting all the time, right? That 90% of your strength usually comes from just the grinding, uh, the volume you put in. But what separates a, a champion from a regular lifter is the fact that the person that can get that last 10% out of themselves by doing uh, the details, the fine-tuning, the uh, you know, the eating better, conditioning, mobility, things like that. So I think his injury, he credits it with, he, he credits his injury with his success because he had to examine all of his training again. That's where he found all those details, you know, all those little things that made him a champion. Mm-hmm. But he had he never gotten injured, you know, he probably would have stayed on the same course and who knows where he would have ended up or, or been been successful at all. So what are what are some main points that you learned about yourself from your injury? Well, for my injury was that, that I would get programming and I would do the programming and I would do it at all costs. And every week was all about the number. It was about, mm-hmm. it was about getting that number. And no matter how I felt, I was obsessed with getting that number. So if the programming said you had to squat, you know, 575 for seven or something, you know, like then, then my whole week, my whole success was based on that number. And like you said, it wasn't about how I felt. Yeah. So it wasn't about how the weight was moving. We talk about auto regulation. We talk about mm-hmm. using the, uh, uh, the the accelerometers with that. We were moving the weight, but it might have been moving slow. Yeah. But now I recognize that if the weight's not moving explosively, or if I'm not getting into depth easily and things like that, you know, like so working mobility. So to me, it was the attention to detail about how does it feel. Which is which is kind of the 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 negative impacts of like a, a linear periodization, where where you're only working off. Uh, one to three movements right um if you're using your competition lifts as your as your main main lifts in your cycle um in a linear periodization you can you can over you can you can obsess about that hitting hitting that number instead of instead of actually listening to your body about what's actually going on and and, and i think the other thing was that the the uh, uh uh getting past the perfect scenario because what happened was I think I got injured mostly uh, because I could warm up, hit weight, add more weight to the bar, and eventually hit depth. So I had to work my way to depth. I had to get there. Now, once I was fully warmed up and acclimated, I could get there. But instead, I recognized that that's not healthy because the idea is you're using the bar weight uh, you know, to mobilize yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're getting there by force. You know, and so you're getting to this point what I learned now that if you can't do that all the time, if your body's not conditioned to those levels and that intensity, you probably shouldn't even unrack the bar. Mm-hmm. Meaning that your body has to be totally uh, whole and healthy. And that should be the norm. Not if I warm up, like you're talking about before, like now when I, when I warm up, I'm always, I always feel good throughout the warm up through the lifts. And even when I get through my main lifts, I feel amazing. I feel good. They're hard. But before I would feel like garbage, feel like garbage, feel like garbage, and eventually maybe warm up in the workout, 
and finally finish it, but still feel like garbage. <laughs> You'd survive it, but you always felt like garbage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now it's a matter of that. It, can I hit depth all the time? Um, can I do it when I warm up? Can I do it when I'm up? You know, the idea is that can I get there? And does anything hurt? Because before I was like, I was hurt, and then I would wait to warm up and it'd feel better. Now I'm always aware, hyper aware of, uh, does it hurt even when I'm warming up or when I start, you know, like where am I? And then also finding ways uh, to mobilize, to use active release, to use treatment techniques, to then make yourself healthy in the midst of training. So I think the biggest value to being hurt in general is now I know how to train and train through injuries. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not, not just not train past them, not train past pain, but how to train and heal them at the same time. I think my main, <clears throat> my main thing that I, that I kind of adjusted was whenever I was, whenever I would come to the gym, I would, it was 100% gas on the pedal, full mag sure. dump, like, uh, 100% go, go, go max, max, max. Um, and the, I mean, there's a lot of different programming styles that we could go into, but, um, the majority of it comes down to you, the, the 90% of your program should be in the 80 percentile range. Right. Like, um, the, 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 a lot of people are going in every, and, and this, and this changes, um, from someone who's just starting out, um, because they can technically, uh, go in and hit maximum lifts if they're, if they're, form is good because their neural adaptation is so much quicker in the beginning um, than it is as you get sure. better and sure. as you become more elite in, in your respective sport um, or your respective lifts. But um, primarily the, the main thing you need to focus on is is maintaining a relative higher volume um, and then maintaining an average of about, of about 80% of your workload. So uh, or of your of your uh, one rep maxes uh, as your base level program, and then and then from there you can easily jump into uh, uh, tapers that that can that can bring you into uh, a, bring you to a competitive level very very quickly. Um, and then what Lee was mentioning, moving the bar with with speed is incredibly important. Grinding out um, reps, uh, slow reps all the time is it, it it will it will derail your central nervous system yeah. relatively quickly. Yeah, the thing Mark and I was talking about now, I think I think as more mature lifters, the one thing I talk about now is that I end my sets and reps no matter where I am, I end them when I start breaking physically, my form starts breaking, not when I not when the bar just doesn't move anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I think when I lifted heavy a lot and was 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 really just a a just meathead power lifter, I think the reality was I wouldn't quit until the bar didn't move. You know what I'm saying? Meaning that, that I tried to squeeze, no matter how bad my technique was, no matter where it got, like I was, I was grinding that bar, but now I'm aware of how the bar is moving. And when I break form, I'm done. Yeah. Or I'll back the bar down. You know what I'm saying? I'll back the weight down, but I will continue. I will only train maximal sets with good bar speed and perfect technique. I will no longer break technique or wait for the bar to slow down to end my sets and end my training. Yeah. And it's, a, I mean, another point to that, it's important that you kind of know uh, what your volume is like. Right. Um, if you're, and, and, that, and that just comes down to using a training log. Um, some people can manage that stuff in their head. 
Uh, I know I, I can manage a lot of, of my training volume in my head. Um, some people need to keep it on, on, on paper so they know exactly where they were five weeks ago. Um, because that, that is a, that will dictate your, your overall, if you're looking at a, at a, at a year cycle, if, if you take five weeks and then you, you come back and you lift under your, the volume that you lifted five weeks previous, um, you're not going in the right direction. It's, it's, it's funny you bring that up. Cause I, I think I'm like the rain man of lifts, uh, <laughs> because earlier today, Nate and I were training and, uh, Nate's like, Nate's like, I don't remember what band we used like three weeks ago. And he's like, he's like, I asked him about, I was like, how'd that move? Yeah. He, he's, he asked him how my lift moved. Yeah. He's like, I don't remember what band we used three weeks ago, much less your lifts. I don't remember my lifts. <laughs> and I said, Oh, Nate, I said, I remember your lifts. <laughs> like I'll tell Mark, like, Hey, about three years ago, you were doing this, the different technique. I was like, and today I noticed the bar moved differently for yeah. you on the, yeah, I remember everybody's lifts and how they looked. Yes, I'm, yeah. I am a definite, uh, yeah. uh, the rain man of lifts, yes. I, I won't be able to remember your name, but I can remember your maxes. Yeah. 100%. Yes. I know what you benched three years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. And that's the other thing about an injury that, that is kind of interesting, how you're, as you recover from it, how your, your, your technique um, will adapt it at your strongest points. Um, I mean, for example, like the clean and jerk, when I was uh, like a year after the injury, I was, I was still having to like initiate my clean with my feet, uh, like six inches apart because I wasn't able to achieve range in my, in my hip, uh, at it with a wider foot, with a wider foot stance. So now my, my feet are, are at hip width or slightly beyond with my toes flared out. So um, you just, you just get better and better and better. And you, you, you achieve those, those, uh, optimal positions and it just takes a little bit longer time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's out of fear, no. uh, but it's, it, you know, I think it's wise, but I will know, I no longer squat, uh, super sumo. I mean, I still have a sumo squat, but I will never, probably never in my life go full, like West side wide, like ever, you know, you know because I realized the risk versus the reward. And then also, also knowing the score, and that is when you see people do things, certain lifts and videos of that, you also have to understand what circumstance, what gear, what are they using, some of that, and where are they? Because the idea is that just because they do it, who knows how long they've, they've been mobilizing their hips, who knows what gear, you know, you know what gear they're wearing, some of that. So the idea is that to mimic what other people do is kind of dangerous as well, because everybody's in a different circumstance, different flexibility, mobility, some of that. So uh, as you become, as you get injured, you try to recover from that, you realize you start becoming more aware of, of what people are doing. And I always make the joke that, you know, you've been in a gym too long when you can watch somebody move a certain way or walk a certain way or limp a certain way. And you can tell what sore, what injury they had, or like, you're like, Oh, you did this. And they're like, Oh yeah. And it's like, how'd you know? It's like, well, I can tell by the way you, (laughs) the way you move, the way you lift, you can tell what's injured and what's not injured and uh, where they got hurt. So you're you're kind of hyper aware of all that. So what is your, um, I'll give my top three and then you can give your top three of, uh, to summarize all of this, the goal is to not get injured. Right. <laughs> We're not telling you you need to get injured to be a better lifter. Our goal is to tell you uh, how to get over. If you are injured, how to get how to what your mindset needs to and be. If you're not, how to not get and injured. And if you're not injured, how to not get injured. Um, and I would say my top three things that I that I kind of implement with my clients and and also myself. Um, number one is uh, know 
where you are range of motion wise, achieve proper range of motion loaded. Like uh, being able to to move through the the full joint range of motion without any uh, hiccups or um, leaks in torque um, uh, or or power leaks, anything like that. So that's number one. Number two, um, managing training stress. So maintaining uh, basically an 80% average um, and then knowing your volume, like know how much volume you did three weeks ago, know how much volume you're doing today. Um, and, oh man, I have my third one. Okay, you go. Well, I, I, I think for me, it's more of a training, you know, ethos, ethos, whatever's with that. I would say the number one thing uh, that I've it. learned over time about training in general, this is just an overarching training principle uh, for keeping people safe, but also getting better as a lifter, is be honest with yourself. Whatever number you throw into your programming, make sure it's something you can do raw, yeah. clean, every day. You're not inflating your number based on your best day or what you think you can do or that one time, remember, I almost lifted it off my chest. Like, <laughs> like, what is a number you can do and start there? Because if you start honestly, then your program is successful. Plus, you can repeat it and it's repeatable and it's consistent. It's not based on a pie-in-the-sky perfect number. Mm-hmm. And number two, I'll add to what you said, uh, and the reality is too, is that loaded versus unloaded mobility. Mm-hmm. I can't stress enough that that unloaded, it may feel amazing. You're like, oh, this is great, I can do this. But if you're not ready for that or you're not able to handle that mobility, under that range of motion under load, you will officially be the person that looks great warming up and then you will fall apart mm-hmm. when weight gets put on the bar, and that's bad. You talk about psychologically blowing yourself apart, and that is that when you get under a bar and you're like, Today feels great because I got great mobility. Everything feels good. And then all of a sudden you add weight to it and you just, you just bomb out. It's because you didn't challenge that range of motion loaded. What a lot of people do is then it gets heavier. Their range of motion shortens and they get their lift. They're like, Oh, I got that in warming up and I got in practice and I got in training. But the truth is all you did was change your range of motion. You didn't actually get it. You just shortened your range of motion and made yourself stronger, but you never got it at the right, at the right depth. And so my third one was, was train holistically, uh, which is basically just don't skip your, your prehab work. Don't, don't skip your accessories and then push those accessories, push those single leg, single leg, single, uh, joint movements, um, uh, build the, the, the tendon strength and the, 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 the hypertrophy ranges. Um, don't, don't groove in to a uh, one to three rep range training zone and never bust out of it because you're you're basically you're you're ripening yourself uh, for injury. Expose yourself to to a plethora of of domains and rep ranges and uh, and and train the entire uh, human system, not just not just the the explosive one to three rep um, strength zones. I just had a a great revelation. We've had all these hashtags like gas station ready. What was the other one? Um, gas station ready. Uh, anyways, our, uh, uh, our new one is eat the whole buffet. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly right. You need your broccoli. Yeah, eat the whole buffet. Yeah, don't, don't skip straight from the steak to the soft serve ice cream at the end. <laughs> it is. Start with the salad bar. You got, some, yeah. yeah, you got to eat your broccoli and get to the salad bar. Yes. Well, with that, uh, thanks for joining us. A little bit longer today, but uh, 
good stuff. Yep. And uh, we will see you next week. Yep. That's funny. Yeah, definitely edit out the whole. Uh...